Danny boy. I really hope that stays in. If you've got a question, the voices are rising, I hear. Plastics, The Voices of Resin is a plastics podcast sponsored by SPE, Inspiring Plastics Professionals. If you want to find out more about SPE, please visit for, like the number, spe.org. All right. Uh, so we are here with another solo episode of Plastics. It is just me, Lindsay Neville, uh, plastics engineer at Tech Tank and the vice president of Young Professionals for the executive board of the Society of Plastics Engineers. And with me today, I have Dr. Jason Lyons. Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Lindsay. She's starting to make me paranoid because she said she's here by herself, but I'm sitting right next to her. (laughs) Yeah, well, sometimes, you know, Jason's kind of included, kind of not included. (laughs) Depends on my mood. Um, so Jason and I are actually here, um, doing a tropical edition of plastics. We are in, uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico, um, basically days after the earthquakes, we both felt them. I did not appreciate them. I don't think Jason appreciated them either. Um, and so we just finished up our executive board meeting and he was kind enough to lend us some time before I think he does important things like go to the outdoor bar. So, um, to Jason, anyone listening, she's lying. I am working diligently on my computer. I love all of my customers. Yes. Um, so Jason, first off, I want to, before you tell me a little bit about yourself, um, you know, I did some light Googling just to make sure I kind of had some oh boy. <laughs> you know, some facts I could dig up on you. But when I did that, I came up with uh, Dr. Jason Lyons, who is a pulmonary specialist, um, a Jason Lyons who is a Broadway light designer, and a Jason Lyons that is a motorcycle racer. What makes you the coolest, Jason Lyons? So it's interesting that you bring that up because it used to be an F1 racer. And if I would travel in foreign countries and they saw my name, they would ask me if I drove a car. <laughs> and I really don't drive, drive a car, but not that effectively. Not that one. <laughs> what wakes me more interesting than those guys? Um, the pulmonary guy probably has me. I, I have to tell you, I don't know if I can beat someone that's dealing with lungs. But if I had to, I would say that I have a magnificent wife. I have two young kids that are my passion. They're the reason that I do what I do. And all of those people that you mentioned, they all have to be single because all of the coolness of Jason Lyons came to me. Um, Other than that, uh, I'm very, very, very passionate about music and wine. If I had to choose any career, I would either be a sommelier. I actually tried to get my level one, and it's not going that well. Or I would be a roadie for Pearl Jam. Is that still an open position right now? Um, It might be. They're touring (laughs) this year. Um, At one point in time, my contract that from my former employer had written into it that I had eight weeks of vacation if Pearl Jam was on tour, and <laughs> only two weeks of vacation if they weren't on tour. But my former employer did not really do their homework, and they were always on tour, so I always had a lot of vacation. Oh but today, I do not think that that position is open, unfortunately, for me. Uh, hard bummer. Stick to bummer, the wine. I tell you, the wine will keep on calling me. <laughs> That's good. Um, so, getting back to, which I assume is like your third love of the plastics industry, 
Um, can you tell us kind of like how you got into the industry? Because you didn't go to one of the like classic plastic schools. You went to Philadelphia University, right? So let's define plastics broadly. So I went to Philadelphia College of Textiles and Science. Ah. And I went there because I wanted to make my parents angry. Um, I really wanted to be Indiana Jones. I thought he had the best job. I love history and I love searching for like relics from Christ's era. I thought that would be pretty cool to get paid to do. My parents said no and I got angry and I said, well, how can I make them even more angry? And so my answer was follow my high school sweetheart to college. Um, For all of those kids listening, it works magnificently. My parents were extremely upset. And so I ended up at a fashion school and I had no idea what I was doing. But this isn't the same girl that is now your wife. No, but I met my wife at this school. So everything happens for a reason. I got to love serendipity. It's also a nice ice cream joint in New York City. But besides that, so I was at this textile school and I needed to figure out what to do. And I started as a fashion merchandising major. And I finally met someone that said, please transfer tomorrow. You're wasting (laughs) away your life here. And I said, but there's something about this girl. I want to see what happens. And he said, well, you're changing your major tomorrow. So enter textile engineering. So Philadelphia College of Textiles and Science, if you look behind NC State, is probably or was probably or whatever the second best in the country. And so I started doing that, and that was the introduction to plastics because we had classes in synthetic materials. So I have to do burn tests on PET, nylon, et cetera. Um, When I graduated. And side note, this is the school that you got the Crown Royal uh, suit made, right? No, that was graduate school. Oh, okay. Okay. So sorry. (laughs) Pictures for those that want to see. (laughs) So, in the show notes. <laughs> so I graduated and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I knew I didn't want to get married to the girl that I followed there. So I went to graduate school, uh, got into composites. And then after composites, um, I came back to the world of plastics a couple of years later. Awesome. So um, when you got into the world of plastics, uh, how long were you in the industry before you decided to start um, volunteering on like the Society of Plastics Engineers board um, for different divisions? So I I will be completely transparent. It's how I roll. That's why you're our guest. And and so I joined SPE because I was interested in learning more, but I absolutely got involved with the EPSTIV board for selfish reasons. I looked at what it took. Can you explain EPSTIV first? So EPSTIV is the Engineering Properties of Structures Division of SPE. And so I got involved with this board. I was basically voluntold by a colleague of mine that if you want to advance your career within my company, you need to have external leadership opportunities. And so I did that. And so admittedly so, it was completely to get promoted. But then I saw the value that the organization brings, um, most particularly with me in that how what I would advise to everyone is that if you can corral and lead volunteers, you can absolutely lead those in your workplace. So I utilize the skills that I've learned through EPSTIV and now on the board of directors for SPE to transfer that back into my daily workplace. All right. Um, and you are also pretty active on your fraternity board, I think. is it, Would it be yes, a board ma'am, still? Yes, ma'am. That is correct. And you are a Sigma Nu Vice Regent. I mean, that's a way better title. <laughs> I got to admit, gonna give it out to them. Um, so, can you explain what that is, also? So, our fraternity has a board of directors, similarly to how SPE does, and we are charged with developing ethical leaders. 
And so we have a board that is responsible for creating programs and such so that we're continually giving back to our undergraduate brothers. Um, Into in that, one of the things that I heard last week was that the Surgeon General, the 19th Surgeon General of the United States, said that loneliness is the largest epidemic facing our country. And so when we I believe that I would think with like social media and stuff, it could be isolating. Exactly. And so you have this trend that's growing where people went for fellowship, where people went for friends and socialization have all declined the membership, your churches, your Lions clubs, Kiwanis clubs, um, Knights of Columbus, etc. And so what we're trying to do is show that fraternities do have a purpose in perpetuating lifelong friendships and that these friendships are important. Um, according to the Surgeon General of the United States. Hmm. Um, well, that's pretty darn interesting. Um, now, this is where the conversation might take a um, a turn, and we'll just have to cut all of it and just pretend it was a five-minute interview. Um, <laughs> but how would you compare um, being on a board for, like, a fraternity that you were involved with in college versus being involved in a board that's for, like, a professional society and more for an industry? So the one thing that I noticed is that about 20 years ago, our fraternities board was kind of just spinning in circles. We really had nowhere to go, nothing to do. We were we were kind of seamlessly lost. And we introduced a governance structure. And then with a the governance structure, we came up with a vision and a mission. And so that everything that we were doing was related to that. And now when you walk into the room, we know that we're trying to develop ethical leaders. We're trying to build lifelong friendships and commitments to the fraternity. And so you can kind of look at it and it passes the red face test. Is this action that we're scheduling advance that cause? And if not, let's not do it unless it's strategic. But if it is, then let's all go forward. Similarly, when I came into SPE's board, I said, what are we doing here? Um, I don't know. And so one of the things that I would like to think that I helped at least spark I'll let you know if you did or didn't. <laughs> was that we, we came up in our White Plains meeting with the North Star where we said, like, who are we? What are we about? And we walked away with knowledge and networking. And so I look at that as step one to, okay, now that we have this knowledge and networking, what programming can we develop and implement that is leading us in that direction that helps bring value to our membership? So there's similarities in the two because you ultimately want to accomplish something. And I'm able to draw a lot from my other for, uh, my other board experience where we went through the rough patch two decades ago, and now we're on smooth sailing ground and try to take the best practices from that and implement them on this side of the fence. And I will admit, uh, Jason did help get that North Star <laughs> set up. So this is not um, a podcast based on lies. Not yet, anyways. <laughs> we can get there later. <laughs> um, so... With that kind of, um, I guess, overarching goal in the Society of Plastics Engineers, what do you think, what would be your advice to someone, you know, looking to get involved in leadership in the Society of Plastics Engineers? You know, would you say start off small, start, go right for the big stuff? Um, yeah, so the advice that was given to me is, is plant your seeds locally. And so you start at a local level and that gives you an appreciation for what you see around you. You get to talk to a lot of people, get a lot of different insights, and then something is going to resonate with you. You're going to find that aha moment where you're saying more people other than those in this area need to be exposed and to learn about this. And once you've identified that, then you step up to a either divisional level or a national level and then take it 
particularly if you feel that there's value, and begin to throw that seed up into the wind and let it cross-pollinate across the country. That feels like a very you approach. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Um, I know I started off in the Northwest PA chapter and kind of went to injection molding, and now I'm sitting on the executive board too. And um, yeah, it's interesting to see how the problems don't change across the thing, uh, you know, division sections, the executive board, they just get bigger <laughs> um, and they deal with more people and affect more, more people and more events and more time. Yeah, and I don't want to lose sight of the fact that it's important to know why you're doing something. So in my experience, particularly when I was younger, so this is not against the Nagabers that are out there. That's the NGAB members. Um, but it's, <laughs> the it, Next Generation Advisory Board, with, <laughs> which is for people under 35 in the Society of Plastics Engineers. So going back, and as I mentioned, I was involved with my fraternity's board for a very, very long time. And when I was younger, I felt like I was invincible and I had all the answers. And so I aspired for these greatest things just because it seemed like it was the thing to do. Um, wisdom came with age. And now when I look back, um, you have to have certain life experiences in order to effectively perform in a boardroom. You have to have failed. You have to have known what it's like to get defeated, what it's like to be stomped on prior to then recovering from that. And then the important thing is the lessons that you've learned from that and how you can overcome from that. And so my advice to younger people and to anyone that wants to get involved is to have those experiences, talk to people, and then find out like what makes you tick. So if you haven't read or seen Simon Sinek, I would highly recommend um, his Starts With Why. It's fantastic. And then identifying what your why is. And then because that's genuine, right? And so if you're leading with something that's genuine and passionate to you, you're going to be more, um, more eager. You're going to want it to succeed. You're going to want to give back. And it's not going to seem like work. It's not going to seem like an extracurricular activity. You're here because you generally care, and that makes you a better leader. Yeah, I mean, I would totally agree with that. I sometimes get asked why I do the things I do for, you know, SPE being the one I primarily work with. But, you know, I care about furthering this industry. I care about, you know, people knowing that it, one turtle with one straw of its nose is not, <laughs> you know, not an end uh, apocalyptic situation and that a straw is not the problem there are problems associated with everything along those lines i'm not going to go into it here because that feels like not the right time yeah if if you don't i don't know when this will air but if it airs before antec um you will know that i'm i'm running for the president-elect position or for spe and the reason for that is my children um i came home from school and my daughter, who is nine, said, Daddy, why do you work in a bad industry? And it really crushed Ugh. me. It, it really, really, really crushed me. And having communication with uh, Vice President Scott Eastman, his daughter is in the same grade in a different school nonetheless, and she had the same exact thing. And so we have a group of people that are out there that read the Daily Inquirer or whatever these <laughs> these rag magazines are that see these turtles and assume that plastics are the worst thing on planet Earth. And we need to change that image. And so it's really what I want to do is to get us back to relevance that we had a long time ago before we let people control our narrative. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's a very appreciated goal because... You can't really start the 
the innovation and the excitement behind plastics until you get the dirty, nasty, mean stuff out of the way and not saying that there aren't things that need to be fixed or aren't things that, you know, could be changed, but it's, it's not, plastics are not doing the harm that they are being represented as in the media. And, yeah, and, yeah. and not, nothing is perfect. The, can we improve? Of course we can. But people are ignoring the positives that we have and the things that we bring that are great. Um, the first example that I always give is blood bags and that we are storing blood that is saving lives on a daily basis in plastic bags that enable it to keep that blood fresher longer. Yeah, I wouldn't put that in a cardboard bag or box or <laughs> paper bag. <laughs> that would be gross. <laughs> paper bags would be kind of gross. <laughs> I think I may have ate some of that at the restaurant last night, but I don't know. It's fine. A couple of mojitas, it kind of glosses over all of that. Yeah. Um, no, I, I know there's this one guy on my Facebook that I've actually just straight up unfollowed because he constantly posts about plastic bags being bad. And one time I decided, you know, like, okay, I will, I'll take some data. I'll pull some data out. I'll give you some sources. And I showed it to him. And like the very next day it was like, plastic bags are terrible. And I was like, all right, I'm just not going to do this with you. <laughs> this is not the place to change your. So we can't give up the fight. I was at a conference last week and I heard someone speak that we've created this divide in our country because we say we can't talk about politics. We can't talk about religion. And the fact that we can't talk about them forces us into two camps. And so I think we need to That's bring true. back the ability to talk about these things. And so I may not agree with the thing you say, Lindsay, and I often don't, but I will fight. <laughs> I'll also vouch for that. <laughs> but I will fight to the day I die for your right to say it. And so we have to have those conversations. We have to have both sides. But we need to go into those conversations willing to be challenged and willing to be shaped because iron does sharpen iron. And if everyone sitting at the table feels that way, we will walk away a better organization. You know, that's a really smart uh, point of view on that. And I will say for anyone listening, uh, if you do feel like getting into a frustrating conversation, Jason absolutely will take that up on you. Just come to me. I will let you know the topic and what his opinion is so you can go in armed with the opposite opinion. If you take <laughs> any executive management courses, someone is supposed to be the devil's advocate. Unfortunately, most people shy away from that <laughs> position, but I kind of like it. It's fun. Yeah, oh, no, I can see that. I I do. I, we did have a very lively argument at dinner the other day, <laughs> and I wasn't the only one arguing with him. There was another separate argument going on with Jason. <laughs> I like to consider it a friendly debate. <laughs> we were just loudly talking. <laughs> um, and actually, even my husband said it was uh, very nice to see me arguing with someone besides him. <laughs> because I will say, I probably uh, take the opposite stance in a lot of situations, too. You just got to see what's out there. Um, all right. Well, I think at, you know, at this point, we are pretty much ready to get back on the beach. Um, or answer emails. Or answer emails. Okay. I'm and work go. diligently until midnight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going back on the beach. I don't care what you do. <laughs> um, so I want to thank you for uh, your time. And... Um, if this does air before Antec, which I think it actually might, you might be the March episode. All right, March. Um, then Top of the morning to you. <laughs> oh, 
Connor Carlin. <laughs> yes, I think that's exactly how Connor, <laughs> Connor talks. Um, so if, yeah, if you are, if this episode does air before Antec, um, definitely come out to Antec and try and find Jason, start a conversation with him. Um, he's got a lot of very interesting things to say. Just make sure that you're prepared to, for him to take the opposite view, even if he agrees with you. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, everyone. All right, guys, before we wrap up this episode of Plastics, we just wanted to remind you to register for Antec. We're living it up in San Antonio from March 30th to April 2nd. Antec 2020 is produced by SBE and is the largest, most respected, and lit technical conference in the plastics industry. It's where classroom theory connects with real-world solutions. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Plastics. Did you know that new episodes appear on the first Friday of every month? It's pretty much just as good as your Friday paydays. And if you want to keep the excitement coming, make sure you follow us or subscribe, and then you'll see those new episodes pop up, and it will just be a thing of beauty. Plastics.